Welcome to Fear and Greed, the week ahead. Now, normally we take a look at the big events, reports and releases coming up this week and have a look at last week as well. But today we're going to focus on how the economy made it through 2021 and what to expect in 2022. As always, on a Monday, I'm joined by economist Stephen Kukoulis. You'll find him at thekook.com and on Twitter using the handle thekook, T-H-E-K-O-U-K. Stephen, for the final time in 2021, good morning. Good morning, Sean, and what a year it's been. What a year. And how about, I mean, we're talking about the whole year, but we have to start with last week. What a cracker. We ended 2021 with a jobs report that, okay, we knew it was going to be a strong number because the ACT, New South Wales and Victoria were opening up, but we saw 366,000 increase in employment. The unemployment rate fell, the underemployment rate fell, and all of the jobs that were lost during that Delta lockdown in the September quarter have been regained and then some. So it was a great end to the year with it. It's always lovely to see good jobs numbers and these were better than good. So if you were the Reserve Bank on the 1st of January and you could pick where you wanted to be at the end of the year, do you think that'd take where we are now? Oh, no doubt, yes. And that's even, you know, no one forecasts the Delta lockdowns to occur. So even though everybody, like we are right now, wondering what's going to be happening with all the different variants that may or may not emerge over the next few months, but I think that'd actually take the fact that the economy has got through 2021 in pretty good shape. Clearly, we don't have the December quarter GDP numbers yet, but when they come out, they'll show that the economy grew through the course of the year, that the labour market expanded, that the unemployment rate trended down. And even if we look at some of the other indicators that are dear to the RBA's heart, and that's inflation and wages, they are picking up. Now, they're not accelerating you know, at an alarming pace, but they're, they're certainly off the lows, pardon the pun, with Philip Lowe as RBA governor, but they're starting to edge higher. What about the fiscal position? Oh, look, yes, we had the uh, budget update. I reckon it was a little disappointing because the budget deficits are still big, not only in the three or four years of the forward estimates, so 99 billion this year, 99 billion next year, 84 billion the year after. They are big numbers, but we look at the um, MyEFO documents and they've got budget deficits right out to 2031 32. And with the economy strong, look, I'm of the view that you know, we, we need fiscal policy to play a role in managing the cycle. And when the economy is weak, yes, run a budget deficit. I wouldn't quibble with the order of magnitude of stimulus that was delivered. But now the economy is recovering. I thought it would have been a great chance for the Treasurer to come out and sort of say, look, we are responsible economic managers. You know, we stimulated when we needed to. Now we've got a strong economy. We're just going to be a little more cautious and start the process of budget repair. Mm. It'll be interesting. I mean, so if the election is held in May next year and the federal government has sort of, it sounds like, penciled in a budget for the end of April, that'll be a really interesting document because if the election is fought over economic management, how much can government go out and opposition go out and say we're going to spend? Yes, I don't think that either of them should or probably will at the end of the day because, look, and I'm not a deficit fanatic or anything like that, but, you know, I've been around long enough to realise that- we've, we've told this story before. You're the one that said to Peter Costello in a, in a lock-up one day, and I remember sitting next to you, and you said, so what are you going to do when you get the deficit down to zero? And he was just like flummoxed. He was like, uh, <laughs> When you've got uh, no debt left, that's right. But- oh, sorry, but, no debt, no debt, yes. But we've got a trillion dollars of debt uh, in, yes. these, in these documents, and, and we're okay with that, but we're vulnerable. The bigger the debt you have, the more vulnerable you are to some sort of shock coming along, and that could be in the 
form of higher interest rates or higher inflation or something coming along in the next couple of years, not next week or next month, but in the next few years, if you've got a trillion dollars of debt, it's much harder to manage that as if you've got half a trillion dollars of debt. So I think we, and it'll be a long road to repair the budget. You know, what happened during this COVID lockdown to the budget was huge. And uh, as I said, it was, in, it was appropriate. But to repair the budget is a long process and you start chipping away and, you know, Mr. Frydenberg didn't do that. So in an election campaign, I think Labor's got to be very careful too. They can't go out with, you know, very generous spending policies because they will just be adding to the already wide budget deficit. Is the biggest risk to the economy in 2022 Omicron or not Omicron, but coronavirus generally? It is. And as we've seen in the last two years, when it unleashes and we have you know, health consequences and therefore economic consequences. You know, GDP in the September quarter fell very sharply, don't forget, uh, yeah. on the back of that Delta variant. So whatever whatever variant comes along, if it's managed and we sort of live with it and we put masks on and it doesn't create huge health problems, well, that's probably okay. But if we do actually have a, a severe strain coming through, then of course, it's all bets off. But for now, I think we're getting better at living with it. You know, our vaccination rates are terrific, you know, in the in the 90% region in most parts of the country. And that's a good thing. And booster shots now. So look, I, I don't know much about health, but I, I do what the health experts tell me. And, yeah, um, yeah. and that gives me a hint of optimism that we're not going to have the diabolical health consequences that we've seen overseas in so many countries. And then finally, then the question that most of us are worried about is interest rates. What's going to happen to interest rates this year? It's a good news story. They're going up. <laughs> so oh, if you've great got a mortgage, news. I'm happy about that. I've got a massive mortgage, Stephen. Yeah. We've yeah. got a mortgage. It's not much fun. But it's because the economy's recovering. You know, the interest rates aren't being set at this 0.1% for the cash rate because the economy's great. No. They're being put there because we did have a recession. We did have a jump in unemployment. And that's why the RBA did it. So rate hikes through the course of 2022, yeah, they're probably going to happen. The futures market's certainly pricing it in. Look, and we're not talking multiple, you know, rate hikes to 2 3 or 4%. No, no, no. It'll be a gentle approach to sort of just taking away some of the this incredible monetary policy stimulus. So this time next year, I think we'll be having a cash rate somewhere around about 0.75, maybe 1%. And that'll be because the economy's strong, wages are lifting, and inflation's up a bit. Stephen, as always, thank you for that. And thank you for the year and enjoy the next couple of weeks. I know over the holiday season, you're having a few weeks off. So I hope it goes well and thank you very much. Thank you. I'll be watching a lot of cricket and not doing much else. Thank you, Sean. That's pretty good. That was economist Stephen Kukulis, better known as The Kook. You can find him at thekook.com and follow him on Twitter using the handle The Kook. I'm Sean Aylmer. And for the final time this year, that was Fear and Greed, the week ahead. <laughs> 